Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning for our Every Day is Earth Day segment. This morning we are talking with Sam Ziegler, who is the director and founder of Green Seam. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Let's talk about what is Green Seam. It has nothing to do with sewing. Right. No, it doesn't. But there's some correlations with it. Uh, Green Seam is all about economic development around the food and ag industry as a regional cluster, which is southern Minnesota, northern Iowa. Uh, we have more abundance of all the things can in the whole food and ag ecosystem here than most other places in the entire U.S. And uh, the word green comes from, and it fits into the segment too, is think about all the renewable energy that's produced in this region. Think about the prosperity. We are a region that continues to grow and do well. And, uh, and by the way, uh, it's pretty green here usually most of the year except for the winter. Where'd the seam come from? Seam is about... This is about the community and the region working together, or you can see it like stitch of clothing of uh, that that holds us together, right? You also can see it as the rich soil in the valley of the Minnesota River Valley, and so the seam of the rich soil that we have here. All right, and you are the founder of this group. You said it was seven years ago you founded Green Seam. Why did you feel the need for such an organization? You know, it was a, it was a built up of a lot of people in the area saying, here we are, this this area that's so good at ag, but we're always trying to be something else. Why are we doing that? Why don't we focus on what we're really good at? And uh, industry and leaders from the Mankato area all got together and said, you know, we need to create an organization. And um, our four areas still remain true today is we need to focus on talent. We need to focus on business expansion, um, which is typically 85% of the growth of a community. We need to focus on those business creating new businesses. And we need to focus on branding our ears so people even know what we're good at. All right. So seven years have gone by. Can you talk about anything that has been solid that has happened since then, since we we formed this organization that you're proud to say, hey, this is what Green Seam has done or helped do? I mean, this is that's an easy one. You threw it in softball here. But working with MSU and getting ag programs now on campus in the College of Business, in the College of Sciences, that's been huge. Here we have the largest, second largest university in our state, and they've always had programs that relate, but not directly intersect with. And now they have those, and there's more coming. And um, President Inch is awesome to work with, and so is the the team at the College of Business and Sciences. That um, it, it's been a blast. So that's one of my most exciting wins is we were able to help provide the information, data, and partner with them to create this. And so that's been a huge win. Now, you just did a report. It was called State of Ag Report. What was that about? What is what is the state of ag right now? It so just came you, out. So when you think about data, a lot of times agriculture data reports will come out and talk to you specifically about the crop progress or right. crop conditions or... But when bushels you, per acre, those right. data, yeah. And what we've missed, what we were missing, is that agriculture starts with the with the soil and the farm, but it ripples through manufacturing, engineering, and professional services and research. And there was no report that really said what's the pulse of all that that whole ecosystem. What's the pulse going on? And so our purpose of our report is really to say, this is what's all going on. This is what industry, all that associate with food and ag, 
are saying and provide that for other companies to take and look and see how they're doing in comparison to. It's to provide and show future workers that, hey, there's a lot of ag companies growing, depending on what the report shows, and it continues to show that they are. It also works for our policy leaders of what's challenging our industry that's the biggest industry in our region. What's the challenges that they're seeing? So can you talk about some of the points on that actual state of ag report? Yeah. So one of our one of our questions that we've really became uh, to like is what are your three top challenges? Um, the three top challenges are um, the regulation. Um, it is talent. And this last year that moved up to number three from down the list was logistics and trucking. Okay. And so now we can have a conversation of, well, what can we do? It's not one person to solve any of these. But what can we do? And we feel, well, we're on the right track. We're trying to work and partner with the University of Minnesota, Mankato here, South Central College, the local high schools um, with the Mankato Area Public Schools, adding two teachers now. Mm-hmm. So we're on the right track there. Um, regulation, we started diving more in and said, well, what is it about regulation? They're like, no, it's not the regulation. It's the time to get your permitting. I, we can hit whatever bar the state requires us, but... We can't have it take years and months. To so get you're not done. saying get rid of regulations because some of them are meant to protect right. the environment, for example. Absolutely. You're saying it just is such a tedious process that you're not able to right. do the other part that's important to get done. Right. And businesses, time is money. And uh, and so that one and then the logistics and the trucking side, I mean, COVID didn't help that at all. Uh, but there's some real challenges um, to get your Class A commercial driver's license today because of New rules have been implemented that, uh, and there was a lot of baby boomers that trucked, and right. they're retiring, rightfully so. Now, how do we fill that role? And it's it, it's an effect all the way down to the supermarkets. And so um, it's something we have to pay attention to. Not as Green Seam going to do or fix all these or any of these in particular, but we are trying to be a voice of what is the concerns out there. So is your voice... To reach legislators, is that it, or the public, or how do you target to, to get these things done? Yeah, so the the state of ag really came to say nobody's doing it, so we were the data collector. Um, so, again, we partnered with the College of Business. They helped us with the survey and, um, and, and had it out. We had a huge jump this last year in the survey respondents. Uh, responses, and we did focus groups in addition. So it wasn't just a survey, but we actually had people in person or on Zoom telling us what they see. And and so our, our job is really to connect it and then collect it and then say, here's the information. You should read it and check it out. And that is for all audiences. It's for the businesses that already partner with Green Seam. It's for higher education as there's education questions related in there. And it is for our legislators to say, are they doing the job to represent their constituents? So this report has been sent out now. How do you get people to read it to do something? That's the thing is generating that action because, you know, just because it's a report doesn't mean that anybody's going to do anything with it. And that's the part I want to know is the action. Oh, good, good question. And so we're doing a few things because we know today nobody has the same platform for hearing information. So um, we have a report release event. Um, And we did that live on Facebook, and that video is still available today, where we had a couple other speakers join us, the Commissioner of Agriculture and and some others. Um, We also have it on our website. We publish it, and we physically print copies and hand it out to legislators Mm -hmm. and say, have you seen this? Um, We also take it along when we're just having a conversation with the business going, how are you doing? Is this reflective of what you see happening there, or are you behind the curve or 
ahead of the curve. Um, and so we're using uh, pretty much all media platforms we can. Um, KYC covered it from the TV standpoint. We've shared it in uh, Connect Business and Minnesota Valley Business Magazine. So we're trying to that's the hard part is really getting it out and getting somebody to read something that's complex, mm-hmm. um, but being able to use it. And we do you have anybody who has stepped up and is doing something based on this info yet? Um, I would say it, I would say we do. I would say I've heard directly from legislators saying, Hey, I heard about this report. Can you tell me more about mm-hmm. this particular piece? And that's where we can d- jump in a little bit to the focus group conversation. Cause we don't word for word print what the focus groups said or who the people are, but verbatim right. we put it in there, and it's pretty detailed on you know what those businesses are saying, all the way to a couple of the questions we can dive into and say, all right, well, what size of business responded that they are doing um, uh, work based learning? You know, what was the highest group? Was it big companies, small companies? Uh, we can also break it down by zip code, geographic area. And so we can dive into it when people do have those those questions to say, this is good, but tell me more mm-hmm. because that's, and we only go to a certain level. So we don't solve everything with this survey. Um, we ask, you know, is their business growing? And it's surprising to see that about a third of the businesses this year were saying, yeah, we're, we're growth in this, in 2020. So a third here. of the ag businesses. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we ask, you know, what size they are. Well, we've gotten the individual farmers all the way up to, you know, a Fortune 100 company has responded. And so it. we ask a lot of questions about uh, this last year, a few unique ones about global workforce, uh, because we know that we don't have enough people here today and we have a lot of industries. And so uh, our company's interest in our global workforce and what can we do to, will that impact you or not? So we've asked a lot of fun questions about that, about, about technology this last year and what did they do to, ch- what did they change within their company due to COVID? Did they add technology? Did they change technology? And so there's some questions in there about that. And I think in a description I saw on your website, it says the region boasts an extensive list of ag business concentration and industry dominance amounting to more than 1,000 ag-related businesses. Is that Southern Minnesota primarily or what, what yeah, area are we talking? It, it's, 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 southern, it's Southern Minnesota and Northern Iowa. Okay. Um, and we stay out of the major metros. So we're really, we're the only um, industry cluster ag- organization that's focused in rural. Mm-hmm. There's other industry clusters like Green Seam, but they're all met in major metros. So we operate in a little wider geography, um, but we stay out of the metros. What is our strongest branch of agriculture here in southern Minnesota? I mean, you know, I'm from dairy country in Wisconsin, which has dramatically changed, of course, from the past. Sure. So I'm just curious down here, what is the strongest Part. There, there's a handful of things that's really surprising. I mean, all the way from food manufacturing, we have a lot from ConAgra and Wasika to JBS and Worthington to All American Foods right here in Mankato, and there's it goes on. Also, renewable fuels, we're super strong in ethanol and biodiesel. We're leading this country in our area, um, and then down to um, location quotients, we're 45 times the size of any region in the U.S. when it comes to pork production. Really. Huh. 45 times. <laughs> How about crop production? You know, when I first came to southern Minnesota, that was the thing that got me was so much crop production. You know, I'm from Wisconsin where it was mainly dairy mm-hmm. and you had little 
little crops to support your own farm. But down here, it was so much land. Is that changed at all? Um, we are a leader in crop production. There's no doubt about it. And the beautiful part of it is, is we don't just stop at crop production in our region. We have the full value chains from the feed mills to the processors. And that's all. That's what makes us unique because there's plenty of places in the, you know, in the world or whatever that grows lots of crops and different crops. But we don't just stop at the crops. We have the full value chain out of there. But, yeah, we are absolutely a leader. And, uh, of course, here it's um, sweet corn, peas, um, field corn, and soybeans as our primary crops. There's some wheat grown and alfalfa and some lentils or some dry beans or things like that. But the primary ones are those corn, soybeans that you see the most, and then peas and sweet corn. Since we're talking about every day is Earth Day, so what are some of the things that are being done to be sustainable and mm-hmm. friendly to the climate, the environment, with the farming and ag practices going on down here? There, There's a lot of adapt- adaptation of cover crops to the point where the USDA uh, reports will show that we've growing, you know, at uh, multiple times the growth every single year in their report in the U.S. For those who don't know what that is, explain what what is a cover crop. So the whole point of a cover crop is to keep something growing on the soil as much of the year as you can. Now, it's not going to grow in the wintertime, but if we can make something grow um, ahead of or behind the crops that actually can produce a return, it's just there for roots to capture nutrients, to hold soil from erosion, um, it's not there to, it's not a second cash crop. It's not a double cropping. It's just to create that cover on the ground. But do farmers think, well, I'm having to plant this again. That's more fuel expended and all that. So then do they think like it's going to cost more or have you found that it's actually cost beneficial in the end when it all works out? You know, the good thing about, um, commodity prices where somebody can make some money is they try a lot of things mm-hmm. and farmers are trying so many different ways, so many different types of crops, whether it's just a, a grass or a wheat, winter wheat, whether it's a legume or a clover, or whether it's some sort of a root crop, um, like turnips or whatever. And all that's being played with, and everybody's got a little bit different style to it. Um, but I think what you're finding is that just a simple rye cover crop has kind of been the dominant. They hold back weed control, um, and then you plant right into it, and you're able to... Um, end that crop with a simple application of, of a herbicide and uh, plant your other crop right into it. And the seed is affordable. So that's the most you see. Um, but there is lots of experiments going on about it. Um, even with our uh, University of Minnesota, there's a Forever Green project that's been working on some of the cover crops for a long time as well. And new tools, new planters or technology on planters that can allow you to put more down pressure in a harder ground soil because you think about planting in your garden what do you want to do you want to have that nice fluffy loose soil mm-hmm. well that's what tillage is in a typical um, corn soybean rotation what we're trying to do is saying in your garden don't till anything throw some seed on the on top of the ground in the fall or after you harvest your your crop in the summer fall don't touch it through the snow and the water, you'll get a grass to grow. And in the spring, don't kill it yet. Plant your seeds right into the grass and then figure out how to manage that grass while it grows. And so your your soil is it's very different than just having it all fluffy. But it's protected. 
Right. It's good, but it's a challenge. And, uh, and there's, and so there's new planter technology. There's also some new tillage equipment. Um, it's been around for a while, but it's really getting adapted and that's environmental tillage systems, ETS out of Fairbolt, Minnesota, um, even produced. And it was the own farmer's idea, um, uh, 20, 30 years ago that he first started building it. Really? And I say that Southern Minnesota has the only tractor manufacturer in Southern Minnesota, which is called Agco. I did not know that, but are they doing things with developing new machinery tractors that are more beneficial for the environment, et cetera? I don't know if they've got to electric tractors yet or just better fuel efficiency or technology on them that, that's a benefit? Sure, yeah. I mean, they really, Agco uh, purchased um, AgChem quite a few years ago and Caterpillar tractors. And so now they produce the track tractors and the the fertilizer and chemical applicators um, down in, in Jackson and employ a lot of people down there. And absolutely for sure, the one, you know, one thing is you can easily say is, well, the newer tractors are more fuel efficient. Um, they're adding a product um, called DEF to the machine that helps reduce knocks in the air. It's required in all what of does diesel. That mean? Um, diesel exhaust fluid. Um, and it's basically targeting, so pretty much any new diesel motor today um, uses that product. Um, you can fill up at the next to the diesel pumps, so you can fill up with it. And it's really to um, limit the emissions out of the exhaust pipe. Um, and so, along with that, they're so that fuel efficiency, the reduction of the pollutants coming from the exhaust. And today, you know, you only use a few gallons per acre of fuel oh, really? when you total up the total year because of size of equipments efficiency you know and especially if you threw in cover crops or something less tillage you're only using a few gallons a year in that whole entire crop so when you think about an acre you're thinking of an american football field mm-hmm. and you think about taking care of that growing a crop harvesting a crop nutrient adding nutrients to it and you'll only add up to be a few gallons a year so it's really improved. Yeah, it's really improved, and I think we can we can continue to go there um, and do more. The less tillage we do, the less fuel you need because tillage is expensive. How are we doing in our areas of the ag manufacturing and those sorts of things in terms of being more sustainable? Has that been any big changes in that area? I think there's such a push right now to how can agriculture become um, kind of the saving entity of of this climate conversation because the ground can store store energy right um store carbon store things and in some cases we're already doing it um and we're already measuring it based upon what is your organic matter in your soil and how can we improve that and so there's a large push that's saying agriculture we need your help because amazon united airways Et cetera, et cetera, can never be carbon neutral without paying somebody else to take care of it for them. That last mile of shipment of Amazon, there is no way they can become climate neutral unless they pay somebody else to store the carbon. And agriculture is being leaned on pretty hard for it. So uh, whether it's whether it's the USDA or whether it's a, a carbon capture market or um, going across to northern Iowa, a little bit into southern Minnesota and up to uh, south of North Dakota is a pipeline that's going to capture carbon from the ethanol plants and other manufacturing, convert it to ability to ship safely, and then ship it and store it in some uh, cool rock formations in North Dakota. They're proposing building that. 
Now, there's not everybody that's excited about that. I know there was some protests, et cetera, <laughs> sure. people, because they're they're saying, well, I don't want this pipeline on my pipeline yeah. on my land, et cetera. So what form is it in that it's going? It's it's not a liquid form. Is it carbon? Or I mean, I'm it, trying to picture how it goes through a pipeline. Yeah, they're trying yeah. They're transferring it. They were explaining that they're transferring it from more like a gas where you capture oh. it into a liquid that is safe, um, that's not explosive compared to some example mm. that was happening in the southern U.S. at one point in time. And, you know, where all these projects don't have, not everybody loves this carbon in a pipeline going through their farm. Not everybody loves a windmill. Not everybody loves a cell phone tower. But we all enjoy wind energy. We all, you know, so that's the hard part is where, if not, our backyard then whose backyard and if not capturing it in this way and transporting it in a pipeline efficiency we can we can pipe it or truck it but then now you're using you know fuel to truck it so uh, there is no perfect or silver bullet for this climate part i but i think there's a lot of people that are being really innovative on it and i'm pretty excited looking for the future because there's companies and businesses stepping up saying we'll pay for you to try something new to capture this to help our climate conversation out. Um, and I don't know if we're ever going to see that perfect solution, but it's is, a solution. Is Green Seam all a part of those conversations? So Green Seam is, we're, we're trying to push innovation and we're trying to push that our region can be a leader in the, in the world for food and ag production. And in this climate conversation, there's no reason why we can't lead it. And um, we have the natural rainfall. We have an amazing soil system. We have the, the companies that are surrounding us and the farmers that are here ready to do stuff and ready to do stuff different if they can be financially sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we're a part of those conversations and um, whether it's on the local produce growing and how much, look how much our local farmers markets continue to grow. That's amazing. And that's all a part of this as well as, as the ag that's in the larger scale. We, we need them both because we need those options. I know one thing you're doing to celebrate, it's a celebration of ag is coming up, and I want to let people know about that because Green Seam is sponsoring this coming up on Thursday, and it is going to be at the ISG Field, formerly Franklin Rogers Park. And let's talk about this celebration because everybody's invited. Yeah, so what we're trying to do is just bring together a network of people that are all thinking food and ag, want a network, have a conversation but we don't have to do it in a hotel. We can do it at a baseball game. So ahead of the game, we have a program starting already at 4.30. And uh, the program ends, and there's time for network. And then the game starts at 6.30. We take over uh, part of the walking path area with business tents, and we take over the dog pound with those that, that buy tickets for the dog pound. And so it's a way and, – and this year we're talking about some of the successes we've seen around talent and ag talent from our high schools through our four-year institutions. All right, so that is today, and the gates open at the ISG field at 4 o'clock, and the program, you said people get to sit down about 4.30 or so, and it involves a bunch of folks, including some ag leaders and some other community folks. I see even the superintendent of schools here and Dr. Shane Boyer from Minnesota State Mankato and uh, some other folks as well. You can celebrate along with them is there going to be food or anything or activities so, what's the scoop so absolutely so this is in the dog pound if you've ever been to isg field made of the dog pound you get 
you get food and beverages are included in that ticket. So come and enjoy some food and some beverages, network with individuals. Like you said, uh, the couple of individuals speaking as well as we have a couple student speakers. Oh, wonderful. And hearing from their perspective of what they see. And then you'll be able to network with the different companies there, including earlier we just talked about Agco. They're going to have a couple new pieces of equipment in the Tractors. parking lot. And you'll get to check those out and have conversations on what is that new technology coming from Agco and Jackson. And I see Christensen Farms is bringing pigs, so they can see the little pigs or big pigs, and they're going to donate a pound of pork for every question they get. So I'm full of questions. So, uh, you know, who are they donating this to and what kind of questions do they want? Yeah, so their whole goal is saying, hey, we're having this event at a ballpark. People are supposed to have conversations, so let's have a conversation. So they're going to be on the walking path. So even people that have tickets to the grandstand and, and not to the dog pound can come on over, walk on that side of the field, and have a conversation with them and just learn. Learn and about the pigs, learn about their company, and the food, you said. you know, It's going to go to the Southern Minnesota Food Recovery Program. Oh, wonderful. And um, they're going to then prepare it and cook it with other fruits and vegetables that they get and collect in that organization and get it out to people kind of in the couple county area here that we sit in. All right. So everybody put your thinking caps on and, and think of as many questions as you can to ask so they donate lots <laughs> lots of pork, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're excited about the more the questions they get, the merrier. And uh, it goes to a good cause right here in our, our region. We're talking with Sam Ziegler, who is the Founder and director of the Green Seam here in Mankato, which is a part of the Greater Mankato Growth. And Sam, I assume you're going to be down there as well this afternoon. I am going to be down there starting early to start setting up and uh, looking forward to a little bit extra heat and drinking lots of water. And it says there's going to be a bunch of about 15 or so businesses and organizations with tents that you can go to. I'm sure they'll probably have freebies and things. And Yeah. Yeah. And learn about what that company or that organization has going on and you know, hopefully it's a fun afternoon with lots of questions. All right. So the celebration of ag this afternoon, get down there by 4 or 4.30 and you'll get part of the program at the ISG field here in Mankato. Thanks so much for your time, Sam. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. And you can register at greenseam.org ahead of time if you want to get your ticket and not have to stand in line. Very good. Thank you so much. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner, member NCUA, more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.